G'day listeners, it's your host Matt here and I'd like to welcome you all to another episode of the Revel Brewing Show. For those of you tuning in for the very first time, we're coming to you from Balimba in Brisbane, Australia and we discuss all aspects of the culture that encapsulates independent craft beer. This is the last episode in our series with Jocelyn Erickson from Hop On Brewery Tours. We hope you've been enjoying her wealth of craft beer knowledge and insights into her business. We finish off discussing how Joss has seen the independent craft beer scene change, including her thoughts on breweries being bought out. Joss also discusses with founder Jay and co-founder Flex about how her tours definitely aren't pub crawls and are more of an informative and intimate experience with their patrons and brewery partners. Bit of Dutch courage. Everyone have a beer. Yeah. After eight beers each. Like this place. Well-oiled. So, Joss, in the time that you've been in and around this industry, how have you seen the independent craft beer industry change? And uh, what do you think about when people end up selling out to big beer? I think those are hard questions. I think how the industry has changed, I mean, obviously the growth within the independent beer community has been very quick. Um, and the expansion from a lot of these breweries, from being your kind of neighborhood brewery to being something on a lot larger scale that could potentially be bought out is really interesting to see how that scalability has has kind of manifested itself. Um, I remember hearing a podcast or reading an article, it may have been Matt Kierkegaard actually, and said something about how he interviewed somebody from the States and how obviously they're about 10, 15, 20 years ahead of where we are in Australia and said that they were really surprised when they came to Australia at one of the conferences because everybody still likes each other Mm. and that in the States, it's gotten so saturated and it was very inclusive 10, 15, 20 years ago and people were willing to lend a hand and now it's gotten so competitive and shelf space and brew pubs and the amount of breweries that are closing as quickly as they're opening in the States is mm. shocking. Um, and even old favorites, you know, Bridgeport mm. in Portland has closed yeah. down and that's been around for, for a long time. Um, so I think that it's really nice that it seems like everybody in the industry here still really likes each other. And you hear about the little Facebook groups that go on about, you know, between brewers and they share recipes. And I've seen it. I've been sitting at lunch with people and they go, oh, I need this hop and I can't get it. So what should I use instead? So I think that the, the growth of the industry has only been good. And I think the sharing of that knowledge has only benefited everybody. I think when breweries sell out, it's obviously their decision. It is a business. We're all in business to make money. Um, there are a lot of people who say, you know, flat chat that they will never, ever sell. And that's great. I feel like everybody probably has a price tag. If somebody came and offered me a few million dollars to buy Hop on Brewery Tours, I probably would say yes. Mm. Um, and for us in particular, it's been really challenging because one of our, our core breweries has recently been purchased by one of the larger companies. And at this stage, all of the beer that we're still drinking when we go there has still been made while they were independent. How much does that label change what we do is a bit of a wait and see kind of process. I've listened to a lot of the podcasts. I've listened to the chats. I've chatted, you know, with people myself and everybody is very um, adamant that nothing will change. If that's the case, fantastic. If their beer still tastes how it did last week, great. 
they make fantastic beer, and clearly that's the reason that they were approached. If you start to see a decline in quality, that's, I think, where the decision needs to be made, whether or not, as a business, we continue to visit them. Mm. Um, and, and like I was saying before, I think it's just it's understanding the difference of going to a big sale where you're making 250,000 liters of a beer at one time versus brewing on your own brewery still, your own equipment in the same place. You just happen to have a different owner sitting at the top of the, the food chain. Mm. Um, yeah, with, with this brewery that we're discussing, you know, they've been with us since day dot. For us to turn around and, and turn our backs on them with all the support that they've given us, um, you know, having their team come out just like the Revel guys and come on tour with us, it's really, you know, we don't want to make that snap judgment and say, yeah. no, that's it, no more. But we do make it clear when we're on tour and we visit that place, look, this is no longer, we can no longer say this is an independently run facility. Um, but we try not to let that cloud people's judgment. And, and even prior to that sale, um, you know, we have a list of who owns what craft brewery in Australia and always present it with the idea of, just so you know, maybe you weren't aware, but again, going back to that education and saying, whether or not this affects your purchasing decision is completely up to you. We're not saying the beer is better or worse or any different. We're just saying, if you are the kind of person that will only shop at the local organic fruit market, maybe you shouldn't be buying X beer. However, nice. yeah, if you're happy to buy your cartons of Coca-Cola and drink that at the barbecue, then I don't feel like you should be per the person putting up a fuss if your favorite brewery is owned by Coca-Cola. Mm. And I think that that in the beer industry, especially like the beer geeks get really hot under the collar about certain things and have blinders on and don't look at the rest of their purchases. Mm. And I want to say, if you're conscious about it for everything else, as, as you are as passionate about who owns your beer, then it might be a little bit different. Mm. But if you're happy to order on online on some mm. of the big companies, if you're hoard, you know, happy to order on Amazon and then you look at the history of Amazon, maybe your purchasing decisions would change. So mm. it's the same with beer. If quality goes down, don't buy the beer. Mm. If you still like the beer, buy the beer. I don't, I don't care if you're the world's biggest Forex fanatic or VB fanatic or whatever. If that's what you like, drink it. Mm -hmm. But if you can buy the same product for the same price and it's owned locally and that's more important to you, then put your money there. That's a really good point because <clears throat> for me it would be really disappointing not to be able to go get some of the great seasonal beers from some of those breweries that have been acquired because that's the thing that we've grown to love about them, you know, um, over the you know, d decade or so they've been around. So that's probably what would shift my, you know, difference. Yeah. I mean, if someone puts one of those beers in front of me, I'm still going to enjoy it. It's just, but if that quality, that big thing that we're all trying to push all the time, if it declines, well, they make the decision for you, ultimately. Yeah. And I'd like to hope that those bigger breweries have cottoned on to the fact that going around buying smaller breweries and closing them down is not really going to fly yeah. these days. It's, it's not the 70s and 80s when that was happening and everybody was just on this buying spree and then just shutting them down because they had bigger and better and more technologically fancy facilities. I think now those bigger breweries are starting to see hey, the reason that we want to work with you or partner with you or own you or however you want to phrase it is because you're doing some great stuff. Mm. Let's see how we can help you get that beer out to more people. Mm. And cool. If that's going to help other people on their craft beer journey, and you look at some of the beers that maybe we, we shun now, but that started us on our craft beer journey, yep. 
they, they're that gateway. They're that stepping mm. stone. And if yeah. these breweries that, in my opinion, are making better beer than those ones, I'm sorry. You're hot. Um, are those, those lean-in beers, yeah. that's fantastic. Mm. Then they're going from a, you know, McDonald's cheeseburger to a sirloin steak as opposed to a McDonald's cheeseburger to a Hungry Jack's cheeseburger. Yeah. So you think it can be a little, bit, a little bit more than just trying to capitalize on market share? It can be like, hey, you've got something good. Let's actually help get it out there. I hope so. And yeah, I think least, yeah, with probably the most recent, probably three or four big acquisitions in Australia, I think that's more the path that they're going down is recognizing what made them unique and desirable in the first place. Mm. The education... Of course, you expect to go on and learn something a little bit new and, again, something that maybe if you've gone to the brewery a hundred times, you didn't know why that little, I don't know, dent is in the ceiling and there's some great story behind it or behind the name of the beer or something like that. I think what we get a lot of comments on is exactly what we've been talking about from the beginning is our relationship with everybody, that we can go in, they know us, they know hey, look, we already have the table reserved for you. We already have the malts out that we know you like to show people. Um, it's going in and having that. We don't feel like it's the first time that we've walked in. There's familiarity. There's banter. There's a backstory. When we go in, you know, we can say, oh, how are the kids? Or how's this? Or it was great seeing you last weekend at the festival. It's not this suit and tie, oh, yes, we would like to order our beers, please. Can we please sit over here? There's that relaxed atmosphere, but there's that respect and there's that relationship. Mm. And knowing when you can duck behind the bar to get an extra glass or, you know, when you feel like family, mm. I think guests really feel comfortable in that situation. They feel really welcome. Like, oh, okay, that's the kind of vibe it is here. Because it's not just with us, but when they're with us, they get included in that that joke. You know, everybody's in on the joke. Mm. Um, they get treated the same way. And I think that that's what people look for because there are that many articles about DIY pub crawls. But, you know, go <laughs> and, and it literally says go to Revel, get a pizza, go to Green Beacon, go to Newstead, go to wherever. These guys have amazing food. They've got amazing service. They've got amazing beers. We can't take you there, but go. Mm. Um, but what we offer is that behind the scenes, that walk through the brewery that um intimate experience that is, yeah that's exactly right it's that like, intimate experience of it's saying, like bringing hey, a friend along to the family dinner yeah, kind of thing you know yeah <laughs> you know go to revel and and give jay a bit of hell for you know his keto diet or yeah, whatever yeah. he's doing that day. you know what i mean so it's a little bit of that kind of thing where where it creates that that bit of excitement. It's a, that little bit of um, when they come back next time, they know that they've had a chat with Flex or with Jay or with, you know, Maddie Cuthbert. And they, yeah, it's a little bit, it's that VIP experience. Yeah, so it's just more than, all right, there you go, knock yourselves out. We're, yeah. we're going to the next pub in half an hour, so yeah. make sure you're on the bus, one, two, three, four. Well, you can read tasting notes. Mm. Everybody prints right. out their tasting notes. From my perspective, <clears throat> having been on this side of the bar and watching these sorts of things occur, some do it as a transaction and others do it like Joss and Matt do, which is that part, you know, that real intimate VIP experience because there's that love in the detail and they care and they, it's that genuine, I'm not just in this for the dollar. I mean, everyone is, but there's so much more because you're giving someone something that they don't have. You're opening their mind to something 
And that will pay it forward anyway. There'll be a word of mouth spread, there'll be a return patronage, all that sort of stuff. But it's genuinely authentic and there's so much more to it. There's more substance than the transaction where they do drop you off and they go outside and have a smoke and then wait for the rest of yeah. it. You know, like it's and, very different. And you can, like I said, you can read the tasting notes, but it's knowing the backstory. It's saying, hey, this is where these guys come from. Or, hey, you know, the brewer has worked here and has worked here and has worked here. Maybe that clicks with someone. Oh, cool, I used to live in Sydney and I remember having that beer and now they're making beer here. And I liked that one, so I'll probably like this one. And it's connecting all of those dots. Mm. And it's... How do I say this? So in so MasterChef is a great example. It's put all of these chefs who nobody knew their name, Marco Pierre White and, and bloody Curtis Stone and whoever else, right? It's put these people on the map and you see all of these home cooks who are like, oh my God, I got to meet Curtis Stone. Okay, cool. I could care less. I'm not a cook. I don't look up to those kind of people. But what it does is it shows you that there are those people in this industry as well and that beer is not this faceless, nameless product that you go and you buy off the shelf. It's going, this is that person's story. This is the backstory of the venue, of the owners, of the brewer. And when you have those stories of getting to meet somebody who makes one of the top beers in Australia, right? And people have seen it on the shelves and people know this, and then you get to meet the person that's brewed it. Maybe they don't come on tour thinking, oh, I really want to meet the brewer of X, Y, or Z beer, but they walk away going, wow, I see that beer at every Dan Murphy's I go to, and I actually met the person who is responsible for that. Mm. And it changes that entire perspective of going, this isn't just a commodity. It actually is something that thought has been put into care. It's been crafted. And as much as that word is kind of bandied about, like it's seriously the process that goes behind it, the ingredients, how they're chosen, it, it just makes it something a bit more special. And I think that helps people value it in terms of, parting with their hard-earned dollars as well because we all know that craft beer is more expensive than yep. than your macro beer. Mm. And when you're in the industry, you understand why. And if you've read the articles, you understand why. As a punter, if you're just looking to get the best kind of value for money, this maybe isn't it, but it's that quality over quantity. You're going to sit down and have two or three beers as opposed to 10 beers. So you want those beers to be really good. Mm. And when you meet the people behind it and go, cool, I know that when I pay my $24 for the six-pack that it's partially going to go to these guys who have kids or they, you know what I mean? It just, it makes it so much more real mm. and quite literally puts a face to the name yep. of beer. And that's something that I think people don't realize that they want, but at the end of the tour they go, it was amazing getting to meet that brewer or that they took the time to talk to us. And the you go, there. yeah, mm. cool. That's, that's what we can do for you as opposed to just walking in, sitting down, watching the brewing happening be behind the scenes and not knowing who to ask or what to ask or if you should ask anything. And that probably leads me into my... I think Matt and I would probably say the same thing, which is when you go into a venue and you see people that you've been out on tour with. Yeah, so cool. when you walk back in and they go, hey, this is the first time that we've been back since we went on tour with you. Or, hey, this is the fifth time that we've been yeah. back since we went on tour with you. Or you're in the middle of a conversation, they tap you on the shoulder and they're carrying two cartons of beer because they've been following your page and know that, you know, it was launched that Friday. That's absolutely it, mm. is seeing those people again and going, they were not drinking this six months ago and I took them out. And now they're sitting here going through the entire range and going, oh, that one's new. I'm going to try that one. Yeah, that's pretty exciting. G'day listeners, it's your host Matt here again and I just want to say a quick thank you for listening to this episode. 
We'd love to hear your feedback, so please feel free to reach out to us on our Facebook page at Revel Brewing Co. Balimba or send us a DM on Instagram. Our handle is at Revel Brewing Co., all one word. Again, if you like what you're hearing, remember to subscribe on your podcast player to stay in the loop. If you're from the local Brisbane area, we'd love to see you in the brewery sometime in Oxford Street, Balimba. Until next time, remember, good people drink good beer. Thank you.